Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are live. Welcome to the Not That Casual Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Iowa the Great, a.k.a. Big Daddy Kane, a.k.a. Lord BBC, a.k.a. The Cheeseburger Champion, a.k.a. The Human Chicken Nugget, a.k.a. The One and Only Pillsbury Doughboy. And I am joined by one of my hosts, Double V Vicious Vic, a.k.a. Discount ASAP Rocky, a.k.a. Short nigga but my dick tall. AKA, yes, I am tall enough to ride the rides at Six Flags. AKA, your baby daddy's favorite baby daddy. I am also joined by one of my other hosts, Big Rich, AKA Mystic Rich, AKA uh, Big Papa Bear Rich, AKA The Real Richard Grayson, AKA The Mexican Machismo. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Mexican machismo. That's uh, that's new. I might have to start using that. Go for it. Go for it. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Doing excellent, man. I'm ready to talk about these fights. Finally, a pay-per-view with fighters that I'm actually familiar with. So. <laughs> that's always good. How about yourself, Vic? I'm living a dream, man. Glad to be alive. God bless me to live another day. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel like Joe Osteen. Stop. We're not doing we're not doing this. We we are not doing the Joel Osteen thing today. Shout out Lakewood Church. So no have no, you ever been that's, swallowed? That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> 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 Me and Vic were talking about that stuff earlier today. He was talking about T D Jakes and him talking about some have you ever been swallowed? And I'm like, all right. It was definitely some AO stuff we were talking okay, about. Okay, that's enough. That's what I said. I was like, yo, that's this is criminal. This is crazy, actually. So, what are the plans for this weekend besides the uh, big day on Saturday, gentlemen? Man, it is Tuesday. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. I mean, it's Monday. See, I don't even know what day it is. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. Okay. Yes, as of today, it is as of as of recording, it is Monday. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Ask me about the weekend, <laughs> like Friday. All right, big bet. I got you. What about you, Rich? Uh, honestly, man, I just got to make it through the week because, man, these exams are going to tap that ass, my boy. Yeah, you got your exams this weekend? Yeah, I got some exams in the middle of the week. So mm-hmm. as long as I can survive the thunder, I'll be all right. Oh, he said the thunder, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. But I, uh, I'm i just going to get down on the fights, chilling with my wife. She's finally back home from Mexico, her motherland. Just getting some rest, some well-deserved rest. And, uh, yeah, we're going to watch these fights get hyped. So pretty excited to talk about this card with you guys, though, because th- this one, man, I've been uh, been waiting on this one. And uh, we still got 299 and 300. We'll see what happens with 300. I'm still eh about 300. But this card, at least 298, especially 299, I'm super hyped about. So uh, without further ado, gentlemen. I say we get right into it. Why not? So we're going to start with the first fight of the night. There was a fight that was canceled, ladies and gentlemen, uh, but we're going to go ahead and go over that one. So the first fight of the night on the main card is going to be a bantamweight fight at 135. We're going to have Murad Dwavishvili versus Henry Cejudo. Vic, if you wouldn't mind, let's run some numbers on that. Yeah, what are you talking about? Uh-oh. Is it messed up again? I'm on the official website. I don't see what you're saying. 
Oh, oh. The first I, fight we got is a middleweight bout between Anthony Hernandez and Roman Kopilov. Yeah, so I think that's the fight that got canceled. Uh, usually they'll put on here that's canceled. Oof. Well, <clears throat> unless the internet is fucking lying to me. Let me see. Uh oh, you gonna you gonna fact check us, Rich? I, I'm going to give it my best attempt. Let's, Let's see. Um, Goddamn! This is what you get, Isaac, for not preparing everybody properly. Stop! Stop doing this because you see, ladies and gentlemen, don't let this little hobbit trick you or spread deceit and lies. Uh, I was told last time I need to go to the official website. Went to the official website. When I was on the official website, that middleweight bout got canceled. All right. So where does it say that? It says view if you go view card. Let me see. And then it's still it's there. Is it still there? Oh my god. What are you looking at? Um Google. <laughs> you see, people, when you resort to insults and you know hitting below the belt, you look like a fucking fool. Huh? Oh, I know you can't see it. I know you can't I see. see it, I see, see what happened, face. Isaac. Oh, what's so, up? So originally, the fight that all right. So Anthony Hernandez was scheduled to fight somebody named Ikram Aliskarov. Mm-hmm. I probably butchered the fuck out of that name. And his fight, <laughs> his Damn. fight got scrapped. Oh, and now okay. he's fighting Roman Kapilov. Oof. Okay. Yeah, so okay. Anthony Hernandez is still fighting, but his original ah, opponent okay. is the one that got scrapped. Okay, see, so I wasn't completely wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe you should dial back a couple high notes next Whoa. time, Vic. That's crazy. Just saying. Just saying. Everybody, get this man off the airways. Get, oh, my <laughs> get God. This man off the, get this man <laughs> off the airways. <laughs> I want that on a T-shirt now. Yo, we got we to gotta get some NTC merch, man. Get, get this, this man, man off the, the airwaves. airwaves. I wanna, uh, what's the move, gangy? What's the move, gangy? I don't think I do. I have one. I don't think I have one. Cheeseburger mm. champion. I would love Oreo. one like that. Ooh, cheeseburger champion would be a shout. Or we say interracial Oreo, Vic. Mm. Mm, maybe that might fall over some people's heads, but I still think it's a move. Yeah, we should definitely do that. All right, so. Um, I guess we'll start with that bout, which is Anthony Hernandez versus R- Roman uh, Kapilov. Was it Kapilov? Yep. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Why are you asking us guy. like we're fucking Russian? <laughs> like, all right, man. So what you don't know is that <laughs> I am I am old. All right. So what old people do is we talk to ourselves. So that's exactly what I was doing right now. I was, was talking. Is twenty seven. Don't let this stop. Don't you know what? Listen, don't to put, Patrick, don't you know, put my he, shit out there like that. What's wrong with you? Patrick Mahomes is 28, and he just won his third Super Bowl in five years. What's your excuse, man? Damn. Mr. I st- Penguin. I, I, uh, I started a, a podcast, and um, I uh, I don't know. Yeah, where the fuck is Patrick Mahomes' podcast? I don't see Yeah, yeah I don't think Patrick though. Mahomes has a podcast, but I do. Shout yeah, out to Chiefs. And, and, and we're not getting $45 million a year for not yet. Pigskin. Not you know yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I guess you're right. Anyways, let's continue. Mr. Russian with the uh, with the tail of the tape. Kopilov. Okay. Go ahead. Run us some numbers, Vic. Oh shit. Okay. We got Anthony Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Uh his record is eleven and two. Uh he's six foot. Uh his walk around weight is probably 186 pounds. He has a 75 inch reach. 
uh, and leg reach, 40 inches. Um, for Mr. Roman Kapolov, he's 12 and 2. Uh, he's he's six foot. Walk around weight is around 191. He has a 75 inch reach with a 41 inch leg reach. So these guys look pretty much evenly matched as far as stats go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's gonna. It seems like it's gonna be more of a kind of a wrestling match. I think. I would say. Or it could turn into one of those fights like the Usman and Covington where they just strike because they don't want to wrestle. Mm-hmm. It's always the best. When you got two grapplers and neither one want to engage, you get a fucking beautiful display of striking. Yes, sir. Uh, to go over the takedowns, it seems like, you know, uh, Anthony has a little bit of an edge in the average takedowns. He gets about six. Uh they both pretty evenly matched. They both get at least 50% of the takes downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biggest discrepancy I'm seeing is that Roman Kapolov has a higher takedown defense mm-hmm. with the 92 percentile and Mr. Hernandez in the 63 percentile. Um, yeah. As far as I want to also point out, as far as Anthony Hernandez goes, if you look at his, um, his record and uh, his win loss, his win losses. He's got uh two wins by knockout, seven wins by submission, five first round finishes. So that's good on Anthony. Whereas in um <clears throat> Roman, Roman's got eleven wins by knockout. Uh one of those wins is uh one win is by decision, and then he's got one first round finish. So we probably are in for a striking match, gentlemen. That's what that's definitely what I'm thinking right now. Um it'll be interesting. I feel like this is this is going to be another one of those, um, especially because it's a middleweight. So that's in the 185-pound uh, division, ladies and gentlemen, middleweight. Uh, this is going to be another one of those proving ground fights with two um, essentially unheard of fighters. Uh, we got um, <clears throat> Anthony, who's ranked number 14th, and Roman, who is currently unranked. Uh, so I think, again, it's going to be one of those cases where it's going to be two fighters going in to prove themselves. And throw their name out, especially in this middleweight division that is now getting um uh getting hungrier. And I think it's it's getting up there and we're we're starting to see more and more fights uh come through that have more activity, I guess is the word I'm looking for in that division. So it should be it should be interesting. Um as of right now, I'm gonna go with uh I think at least for my prediction for this fight, I'm gonna go Roman. Uh by knockout in the third round. That's where I stand on that. What about you guys? Mm. Play Rich. Uh man. Here, here's something I want to share with you about both of these fighters before I go into my decision. Mm-hmm. I think um, just looking at the last names, you automatically think it's like, oh yeah, you you want to think that this Russian is, you know, p- predominantly some sort of grappler or something like that. But um, just looking at his record, his last five fights, the last four were wins, and he does have a little bit of a uh, a couple victories on some good names. He's got Edmund Shabazian, mm-hmm. Mark Andre Barrio. Those mm-hmm. were his last two fights, which he won. Uh, this this is for Anthony, by the way. Mm-hmm. So he's fought probably the bigger names out of these two guys, uh, but they're not as impressive wins. So we've got a T- two TKOs, one arm triangle choke, uh, a decision, and oh no, one TKO. One arm triangle choke, one decision, and one submission. The last time he lost to anyone, 
it was to Kevin Holland. Mm. Right? Then we got um <clears throat> damn, I'm gonna butcher his name again. Kapilov. Mm-hmm. Uh he hasn't really fought as big of a name, but he is also on a four fight win streak. But get this, here's the kicker. So his last two fights, he won uh round two with a KO punch to the body. And mm. the fight before that was also a KO with a head kick in round mm. two. And the fight before that, he the, we got a little bit of a name recognition. Um, I don't know if you guys ever seen this guy. Uh, I've seen him before. Uh, I can't always mispronounce his first name. Panahile Soriano. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. yeah he's, he's a solid fighter. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he beat him too with a, uh, by TKO in round two, body mm-hmm. kicks and punches. So, I mean, he has striking capabilities. You know, and I, I mean, but just by looking at the body of the work, originally I was going to go with Roman, but I think I got Anthony. And mm. I'm going to go with a third round submission. Mm. All right, Vic. Hit us off. Uh, awesome. Well, with anybody with the last name Hernandez, you know they're killers. So mm. I'm going to go with Anthony Hernandez. If you got their reference, kudos <laughs> to you. If you didn't, Jesus, Don't worry about it. Jesus Christ. You need you you need to be stopped, honestly. That was uh <laughs> out of pocket, out of line. Uh I will say though, um, I think what surprised me with these these Russians lately, because you know, like every time we think Russia Russians in the UFC, our minds automatically boom go to Dagestan. And so, you know, when we hear Russian, we obviously we hear a lot of grappling and wrestling and stuff like that. And I just think uh, that it is impressive to see like more Russian fighters coming out that aren't heavyweight because a lot of the heavyweight Russian fighters, you know, they come and they knock motherfuckers out. But um, in the middleweight division, at least um, coming out and and striking and legitimately knocking people out and a, a lot like predominantly a lot of your wins are by knockout. I think from Russian fighters, it's that are not again not in like heavyweight or light heavyweight. I think it's very impressive. So. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing this one. Again, this is going to be one of those proving ground fights where both fighters need to come out and, and stake their claim at 185 and climb the ranks. Like I said, uh, Anthony Hernandez is at is ranked number 14. Uh, and, you know, uh, Roman is unranked. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, next fight on the card. Really, really exciting one. I, I um, got this one. I got this one. I'm sorry. But I have to do this one. Yeah. Please. take that Oh, shit. my God. Welcome. All right. Better be good. Come on. Hit it. Hey, man. Watch yourself. All right, you this are- is the fight. This is going to be the fight of the night. I don't give a fuck oh, what anybody else says. Okay. I'm calling it. No. Nope. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, this is going to be the fight nope. of the night. I don't give a shit. Nope. But we got I don't know. Mr. No, Marab. Not. Hey, man. I don't know how to say his last name, but so I'm going to call him Marab. Dwajishvili. Yeah, Dwajishvili. He's 16 and 4. Mm-hmm. 5, 6, 134 and a half pounds. Has a 68-inch reach. 38-inch leg reach. A killer. Absolute killer. Then we got Triple C. Champs, mm. champs. Your, mm. fa- your favorite wrestler's wrestler. Mm. This, is the, this is the captain of cringe. Mm. The king of karate. Mm-hmm. Okay? The most decorated sports combat athlete in, in all, of all times. Of all the times. Okay? Mr. Henry Sudo. Oof. Mr. Henry Cejudo. I'm going to say it one more time. Mr. Henry Cejudo. Okay. 
Now, I'm going to give my opinion right now about Henry Sudo. When I first saw him, I was like, this dude looks like a big-ass bobblehead. Mm. But as I saw him fighting and, and him developing over the years, I was like, man, this dude, he's crazy. He's what I aspire to be as a fighter if I were to fight. This guy right here, instantly. Uh, <clears throat> now, uh, the grappling... Marab has has more takedowns on average, uh, but their takedown accuracy are, is about the same at thirty four uh, percent. Uh, the takedown defense they both have a very high takedown defense. Uh, one you would expect that from Henry. He's a he's a Olympic medalist, uh, gold medalist. I'm sorry. Uh, so you know this fight is going to be off the chain. I just know it. I just know it. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, see, come on now. Oh, yeah. Let that big ass, big ass space. Um, here's what I'm gonna say. First hey, man, off, you, you're always talking, so you always fill the space. First, first off, first off, I, I didn't cut you off at all, sir. I didn't cut you off at all. This please time. don't, please don't cut me off. This time, bro. It's always the little people cut me off. Anyways, so Marab and Henry, I think we can both agree they're both dogs. Uh, Marab especially, Marab. I have frustrations with Marab, but I cannot deny his talent. So the thing with Marab, when uh, at the time when Aljamain Sterling was at the top of that division, uh, mm. ladies, they, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Marab and the former champion uh, Aljamain Sterling were buddy buddy best friends. Uh, so because of this, unfortunately, this caused some conflict at 135, and, and the issue or conflict was that Marab would not fight Aljamain Sterling. Marab was at the top in the top five of division for, for a while. And he, he beat names like Piotr Jan, a uh, great, great fighter. Um, and uh, who else am I missing? One of the greatest Jose of all time. Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo. Yeah, of course. And Marlon Marais. And Marlon Marais. Thank you, Vic. And so he's beat legitimate competition, legitimate names, and he's been in top five. And he's currently ranked number two in the Bantamweight division, which is 135, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for those you don't know. Um, and my frustration is that he just time and time again, every time he proved himself, every time he dominated, uh, he refused to fight Aljamain Sterling. And I felt that it put the division in sort of a, a weird stalemate situation. Um, I like Marab, but at the same time, it's just like, at one point, do you, do you move that friendship to the side with the understanding that it is for gold and it's no hard feelings at the end? So that was my frustration with Marab. Other than that, though, great fighter, um, crazy gas tank. He, I believe, in the Piotr Jan fight, I think he shot like somewhere, like shot for 45 takedowns or something like It was a crazy number. It was crazy high. And he didn't land them all, but he, he shot a bunch of times. And he landed a bunch, too. So I think Marab is really good. Uh, I think his striking is decent. I think he has decent striking. Uh his wrestling, his wrestling is 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 good. I think he has really good wrestling. I just um, I just don't know what that wrestling is going to look like against Henry Cejudo, Triple C. Uh, the King of Cringe himself is again uh, one of the most decorated combat athletes. Um, he's an Olympic gold medalist, at, and he's one of the only people in the UFC who can call himself a, a two weight double double division champion uh, simultaneously there's only four people in that list ladies and gentlemen and henry suhudo is one of them so um 
which again, wrestling is his bread and butter. Um, he's comfortable with the takedowns. Takedown defense is also immaculate. That's why I was surprised uh, when he fought, when he came out of retirement, fought Aljamain Sterling, and he gave up some of those takedowns. Um, I was I was a little surprised, but I know Henry Cejudo is still good for it. It's just obviously I think there was some ring rust. He took three years yeah. off. Um, but he's again, I think Henry Cejudo is is a fa- is is a fantastic um, athlete. Um, I think his wrestling is superior to Marab's. Uh, I just think Marab's gas tank is insane, and I can't say that Henry Cejudo has the same thing. Um, as turn in terms of their striking, I do think. And it's weird to say, I think Marab might edge out Henry in striking, uh, but not by much. Um, I think in terms of this fight, I know we were speaking about last fight when you have two wrestlers going to fight each other. Usually they don't wrestle and they strike. I think that's where Marab does something different. It was like, even if he's fighting a wrestler, um, he's still going to try to wrestle um, to dominate and, you know, try to take out his opponent. And you know, impede his will in fights. So I'm very interested to see this one. I think for now, I'm gonna play Mr. Neutral, and I'm not gonna pick. So I'm 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 gonna be neutral on this fight. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Hey, can you hear Vic? I can't hear him. No, I think Vic's microphone went out. Get this man off the airways. Now, here we go. <laughs> easy way out again. Stop, man. I'm Mr. Neutral, baby. Again and again and again. It happens all the time. Mr. Neutral, Mr. baby. I got a, I got a reputation to keep up. Terrible. Terrible. Vic, you want to go next on this one? Did you pick? I think, look, one thing that I judge fighters off of is their ability to weather the storm and overcome adversity. Mm-hmm. Now, Henry Cejudo has done that, especially in the fight against uh, Marlon Moraes. You've seen him. You see him going there with one game plan and then just adjust on the fly, and he ended up winning that fight, stopping him, and became uh, champion one thirty five. And I think with with that with that ability in his back pocket, I think he's gonna he's gonna come out with the win in this fight. I don't know if it's gonna be a finish. Uh, it's probably gonna be a. a, a a decision, but I, I have Henry Cejudo winning. Mm. All right, so here goes my take on the whole thing. Uh, I am probably one of Henry Cejudo's only fans um, out there that he, you could probably count in your hand. Nah, I'm fucked with you. Mm. Um, I'm definitely a Triple C fan. Don't get me wrong. I think um, he definitely showed a lot of ring rust with Aljamain in their last fight. Um, but let's not forget that was a split decision. And I mean, it was, it was still competitive despite the time off, you know, because before that he fought Dominic Cruz and this was back in 2020, man. And, um, you know, the, the one opponent that they do have in common is Marlon Marais. But if I'm being honest with you, I think when Henry fought Marlon Marais, he was just an animal. That dude was on a tear, man. He was running through the division. People thought that was a potential next champion. And, I mean, Marlon Marias was fucking Henry up and all props to Henry and his team because they were able to adjust and they got the win. I mean, he fucking stopped him TKO in round three. You know, so I think um, on any given night, man, Henry Cejudo is one of the best fighters in the entire planet. 
And um, I don't know what's going on. I seen recently he got rid of Coach Eric off his team. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that's going to play any mental factor. And I don't like the way that he was talking about if he can't win this fight, um, he, he's thinking about retiring again. I don't like when fighters say shit like that because it makes me think that, okay, you already have some sort of like doubt in your mind. Um, but with that said, I still got Triple C winning this fight. He should be able to get through Marab. I think it's going to be one of the best nights. I mean, best fights of the night. Excuse me. Um, I don't think it's going to be fight of the night per se, but I think uh, it's definitely going to be a competitor for it. I still got Henry Cejudo, and I'm going to go with a. I think it's going to be a decision. I think um, Marab is going to be able to fade the Thunder, and I don't think Henry Cejudo can put him out. Unless he has one of those um, mid-fight adjustments. Um, I can't see Henry submitting him. But I can definitely see him pulling off a decision victory. A competitive decision victory. So that's who I got. I, I think um, I think that's a good shout. I think that's really good analysis by both of y'all. Um, I guess the thing I forgot to mention at least is like when he took those three years off, like I physically he took that time off, but I don't think mentally he did. Like if you watch him, um, he has a YouTube channel. He's been breaking down fights, uh, been analyzing fights. Um, the stuff that Daniel Cormier talks about, he's got like notes and notes on fighters and potential matchups for himself. Uh, so I think his mind has always been um, in the sport. In the game? Think, yeah, in the game. Um, and that's, again, that's a credit to what Vic said and what you said as well. Like that Marlon Moraes fight, he did make really good adjustments because Moraes was fucking him up. Um, and so for him to to apply his 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 fight IQ, um, I think his his IQ is better than for sure, for sure, better than Marab's. Um, so, I, again, that's another thing I forgot to point out. And I think that also makes Henry such a such a dangerous opponent. Um, and so we'll see Saturday night if he can pull off the victory again. I'm, I'm a little skeptical. I'm going to stay neutral on it. Only because I think when you take time off, especially mixed martial arts, because of how fast the sport can evolve, um, it can leave you in the dust. Sort of like um, how I feel about Conor McGregor, uh, like we talked about last time. I think um, I think Conor's a, 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 at least 145. Conor was was prime Conor, you know. And it's just those times he took off, like after he became double champ, took off time to go fight Floyd, and then he took years off, and then he came back and fought Habib. Then he took years off. You know, and I think those those multiple year layoffs are can cause um, you know for you to to lose out on the evolution of the sport. So, um, which which you pointed out, Rich, like even though he was out for a while, he still came back and he still kept it competitive against Aljamain Sterling at one thirty five. So um, now that he's had that familiar uh, familiarity in the octagon, I I'm really excited to see what he does in the fight against Marab. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. So I'm really excited. Rich, you want to take this next fight away? Let's go, baby. The upcoming fight. Right after that, we have Jeff Neal versus Ian Machado Gary. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if we're looking straight off the record, we got Jeff Neal 15-5 and five versus Ian Gary's 13-0 and 0 of controversial fighter. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> I mean... <laughs> Let's keep it a buck right here. 
I am definitely not a fan of Ian Gary. No. But I no, absolutely not, man. <laughs> I, I don't like his antics. I hate his accent. I nah, I'm just playing. Oh Lord. <laughs> yeah, I think uh he's definitely um one of the more recently controversial fighters. I mean, you see how everyone is on his ass, especially about this whole um wife situation and the whole wags and uh <laughs> I mean I, I, I don't have a lot of nice things to say about Ian Gary himself. But the dude can fight. And if we're going off of you know mixed martial arts is very uh recency biased. We have somebody who is 13 and 0 with his last win being against last two wins which are notable you know um Neil Magny and before that was Daniel Rodriguez. Yep. So Neil Magny was the decision and Daniel Rodriguez was a TKO head mm -hmm. kick with and punches. And that was in round one, which I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Daniel Rod Rodriguez, but the yeah. guy can scrap, man. Yeah, he a dog. He a dog for yeah. sure. Can you, Vic, what's the uh, what's the tail of the tape looking like? Uh, we got. Give me one second. Not a problem, boss. Go ahead, take your time. Running on but, SPT, short people time. We See? got Jeff Neal. Is 5'11, 175 pounds. Uh, he's a he has a 75 inch reach and a 41 leg reach. Ian Gary is six foot three. He's also a cuck. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh my he's, god, it's no. 179 pounds. Uh, he has a 74.5 inch reach with a 42 leg reach. So he has a significant height advantage. Hopefully, he can use that to he can actually use it to it to his advantage. We see a lot of times these taller, longer fighters don't really know how to use their their length. Uh, so hopefully he can do that against Mister Jeff Neal. Um, the striking, you know, the guys and this is it. The significant sights there and the they're they're kind of closely matched. Jeff Neal's at a fifty percent. Uh, Ian Gary's at a fifty six. So these guys are. They're they're accurate about half the time, so we'll see how that goes uh, with their striking. And I think Ian Gary is probably going to wrestle. If I were to take a guess of anything, what do you guys think? Really, really? So I think so. I think that's an interesting take right there. You don't think so? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say a hot take, but I mean I think uh, it's interesting nonetheless. I think um, so. Now let me ask you guys something. Do you think? Age is going to be playing a factor in this fight. You know, we got Ian Gary, a 20, what is he, 26? And we have Jeff Neal, he's 33. Do you think that's going to matter at all in this fight? Because if I'm being honest, I feel like Jeff Neal has slowed down a bit um, compared to when we first saw his career take off in the UFC. But that's just my personal take. What do you guys think? Uh, me personally, I don't think it is. Um, if we see his fight against uh, Shafkat Rachmanov, who, for those of you who don't know, ladies and gentlemen, he is a undefeated monster in the welterweight division, which is um, mm. 170, which is where this um, fight is also going to take place in the welterweight division. Again, that's 170. Um, and and all of Shafkat's fights that I've seen outside and inside the organization, Jeff Neal is like one of the only guys to legitimately rock him. Um. And it's just, I, I don't think, 
I think, in my opinion, right, for, for fighters, I think they they peak at the age of 36. So Jeff Neal is 33 right now. And even though I feel like uh, mixed martial arts does do more wear and tear on your body in, in comparison to, like, like boxing, um, I, think, I think age isn't going to factor into this, right? I think it's just going to be overall ability, which is <laughs> usually the, the, the case. Um, in terms of, like, Ian Gary, uh, what he does outside of the octagon is none of my business. Um, he has his life. I try not to talk about that stuff too much. Um, but I do like him. Um, I like him as a fighter. I think, I think he is really good in, in at using his um, at using his height to his advantage. I think he does really good in long distance. Uh, he has a good sense of uh, space, and um, I think that could be a problem for Jeff Neal. Um, we'll see what happens on that. I do. Th- although, I, although if I'm being honest, Jeff Neal is a fucking dog. Um, I think he fights really well in pocket. And again, that's another thing that testament to the Shafkot fight. Um, that's where he rocked him. So I think Jeff Neal knows what's expected of him in this fight. And um, I I think it's just going to be one of those, a game of will. Um, because again, uh, I think Ian Gary is really, really good. I think he's talented as fuck for the weight class. Um so I'm really looking forward to see him fight uh, like a seasoned veteran in Jeff Neal. It's weird to say that, but yeah, seasoned seasoned veteran in Jeff Neal. So that's that's where I'm up in the air in you know in this fight. What do you uh, what's your prediction for this one, Vic? I think I misspoke. I'm sorry. Uh oh. What'd you uh, do? Ian the Cut Gary. Oh my god! I don't think he's gonna rest. I misspoke. I was my mind was somewhere else. I don't know why. I think I was thinking of Henry Cejudo. I'm sorry. Forward. I take that back. No. Um, what? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Um, I think I got Jeff Neal in this one. Jeff. Wow, Jeff Neal. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Yeah. No what? explanation needed. <laughs> wow. Okay. What do you? What's the? Uh, what do you think the verdict? Knockout, submission, decision. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like to pick that stuff because I don't like to be wrong. But I think he's probably going to win somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, I have a feeling it's going to be like, what was that fight with Neil Magny, with that guy? What was the other guy's name? Mike um, Malott. Mike Malott. I think it's going to be something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ian Gary's going to, you know, do his thing early on and then fade and wilt. I think it's going to be something like that. I think it's going to be a long, hard fight. You know what I mean? What about you, Rich? Okay, so earlier when I asked about um, if I thought age was going to be a factor in this fight, this was the reason why. It's not that I think um, Jeff Neal is um, losing power or that he's chinny or anything like that. My personal opinion, I just feel like um, when I think about these two fighters, the one of the first thing that comes to my mind is speed. And I definitely, I got um, Ian Gary being the faster fighter of the two. But Jeff Neal, you know, he has this ability to be able to bring the fight down to his pace. Mm. And, I mean, let's be honest here. The man has power, bro. Uh, So, I mean, all it really takes is one shot. And if my memory serves correctly, I don't know if I've ever seen Ian Gary being able to take a shot like that, you know. Mm. Just because, you know, there's the UFC still working on building him up and, you know, 
giving him those seasoned veterans and the bigger names. So, ah, man, this one's it's a tough one. Um, if Jeff Neal, God, man, I, I really don't want to pick on this one. If I'm, I, I, I know I give you shit for uh -huh. saying. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. With, uh, you <laughs> go know ahead. this one. I think this is uh one of the tougher fights to pick at. You know, I really don't like Ian Gary, but he's got a lot of momentum right now. And if he doesn't get his ass knocked out by Jeff Neal in that outstanding power, I'm going to go with Ian Gary. And I think it's going to be a decision because I think Jeff Neal has a great chin. So I'm going Ian Gary by decision. Hey, man, I was about to hit you with it. <laughs> I was about to hit you with the, him off the airways, man. We make decisions here, all right? Don't pull yeah. out Isaac. All right. Yeah, ain't, no wrong, ain't no wrong with being neutral, gentlemen, especially if No, no, I, I, I'm clearly not neutral. Yeah, if, so you wanna, if you want to if you be Gary, neutral, go to Switzerland. Huh? Go to Ian the cook, Gary. Jesus Christ. Okay. Jesus. Here, here's what I'll say, right? I think Ian Gary, one edge, 100% that I think it's an edge over Jeff Neal's. I believe that Ian Gary is more well-rounded as a mixed martial artist in comparison to mm. Jeff Neal. Yes. Um, in terms of actual knockout power, though, I think Jeff Neal possesses that. Where I think Ian possesses shot placement, sort of like um, like Connor, right? Surgical almost. Uh, same thing with like Sean O'Malley. The shot placement is really, really well, um, especially with Ian Gary. So I think uh, one one thing that you brought up was was pace. I think if Jeff Neal can find a way to dictate uh, the the fight with his pace. I think we could see some frustrations come out of Ian Gary. The problem is Ian Gary is willing to play the long game as well. He doesn't necessarily go out there and say, oh, yeah, I'm 100% going to finish you. Um, he'll say it in his obviously in his buildups, but, you know, realistically, um, if he'll adjust, you know, which is something Ian Gary is mostly good at doing, uh, coming back as well if he's down on rounds. Um, so I do, say, I do think this is a tough one. Um, but... Unlike my wonderful co-hosts who know how to make decisions, I think I might go neutral on this one as well. You motherfucker. Get this man <laughs> off the airwaves. Off the airwaves immediately. As a, I see both avenues for a win for both fighters. Um, so I'm going to say I, 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 I do think, right, like I said, I think Ian Gary is more well-rounded. And that's why when Vic originally brought up the whole he might wrestle in this fight. I like scoffed at it a bit, even when he came in. It was just like, oh, wait, no, never mind. Let me renege that statement. I do think he could bring that element in. It could be interesting. Jeff Neal has been susceptible to 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 wrestling as of late, especially in the Shafkot fight um, where, where he got I'm choked sorry. the fuck out. So um, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm going to play Mr. Neutral on this one, though, for sure. I'm a renege on my renege. Mm -hmm. He's probably is going to wrestle. You think so? I think so. I'll put it out there. What I think he takes at least one shot. I think he takes mm -hmm. one shot at least. Mm -hmm. You know what? I I think he does two. The reason being is because of that power. I think if he does get his shit rocked, he's going for that takedown. Mm -hmm. And I think he does secure it. Because, I mean, like how we talked about it, Ian Gary, shockingly, is the bigger fighter out of the two. Well, the, at least the... Yeah, he, he is the bigger fighter, isn't he? He's at least taller. I yeah. wouldn't say he's more dance or anything like that but i think that matters mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> yeah jeff neil got that slave build 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stop it. I was born by the river. <laughs> All right, the joke died. Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> the joke died. Uh, it's like the rest of your height, anyways. Four eleven. Yeah. Uh, you see, you see, Rich. That's the only <laughs> thing he can ever say about me, dog. That's the. Well, only I can say, I can say other stuff, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep this shit as PG as possible. PG, PG. Yeah. We're past that already. Oh, you're right. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll still keep some of my comments to myself. All I'm gonna say is, with Vic, Uncle Ruckus might have been right. So we're going on to the co-main event after this, which is probably Richard's most anticipated fight of the night. Yes. We got. We got the Reaper, Robert motherfucking Whitaker versus the Eraser, goddamn Secret Juice, Paulo Acosta. Can we get some numbers, some tail of the tape, Vic, please? We got, damn, why does it keep on, it keeps on going back and forth on this thing. All right, bro. Anyways, let me get this, let me get this done. Um, We got Robert Whitaker. Mm Mm-hmm. This I, I'm gonna go ahead and say this is probably fighter tonight right here. Uh, he's six hey, foot, crazy right? And a half pounds, crazy right? No. Crazy right? Crazy right? Reach. Excuse me. Excuse me, Isaac. I'm trying to talk. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Then we got the male model himself, Paulo Costa. Uh, he's six foot one, 185 pounds. Got a 72 inch reach and a 39 and a half inch leg reach. Uh. This is the fight of the gods, man. I'd say. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The switch up is crazy, ladies and gentlemen. Because I'm not uh, switching up. Not too long ago. Oh, this was fight of the night. Oh, Henry, Henry Cejudo and Marab. What did I can't say his last name? But hey, man, are you actually gonna pick a fighter in this that fight? Was, that was win? gonna fight of the night. That was filthy. Oh. And then as soon as we get to Robert Whitaker versus Paul, fight of the gods. This is fight of the night. Have Jesus you seen Paulo Costa? He looks like a he looks like he's chiseled out of stone, man. Yeah, yeah, I ain't go front. Yeah, that's that uh, secret juice right there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is that secret juice. Uh, what do what do you what do you think? You want to you want to go last, Rich? Or you, what what do you want? What do you want? I mean, it's whatever. I I'll jump right into it, man. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, Rich. Go ahead, Rich. I mean, I'm giving you my pick right now. Absolutely, without a doubt in my mind, Robert Whitaker will dispatch Paulo Costa, and. Mm. I think he'll he, he could do it by whatever he wants, but um, you know what? I, I am gonna give some credit to Paulo Costa. I mean, for the most part of his career, he has had a solid chin, except for when he fought out of Sonya. But um, other than that, I mean, <clears throat> he's he's not a bad fighter. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, he did have that fight with Marvin Vittori, which some people were mad about. Um, and before that, I mean. Other than that, he's had nothing but wins with, obviously, the uh, um, if we're not talking about um, his fight with Adesanya. And if we're looking at Robert Whitaker, uh, I'm still mad about that Drinkus Duplessis fight. I, I just, I got to get that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought he was doing really good at the beginning of the fight, and he just, he just got caught, you know. My boy has been known to be chinny, and I do think that... Um, I don't know if um, I'm not saying. Uh oh, uh oh, technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I I'm not saying that Paulo Costa doesn't not have power. I just don't think it's necessarily 
knockout power. Hmm. I, I think he he can rock somebody. <clears throat> and yeah, that's that's what I'm going with, man. I I got Robert Whitaker by whatever he wants, but I'm going to go with a definitely not a sub. Um, we're gonna go with a third round. I'll give him a decision. Yeah. Mm. Robert Whitaker third round decision is what I got. I think Paul right. uh, game is going to last. <clears throat> yeah. What do you think? Interesting. You're up next, Vic. So for me, these are the keys to victory for both men. Robert Whitaker, he needs to mix in the striking with the grappling. Uh, I think he needs to faint and at least initiate clinch work. Tire this. T- tire. Tire out. Paulo Costa, uh, I think that's where he'll have the most success. Uh, the jumping in and out with maybe his jabs, and then you know, faint to a to a single high crotch, something like that. Uh, keep just always keeping Paulo Costa guessing. For Paulo Costa, he needs to shut down the rhythm of Robert Whitaker instantly. That's the first thing he needs to do. Use his pressure. This dude has unbelievable pressure. We saw him pressure fucking Yoel Romero. Uh, I think his takedown defense has gotten a lot better over the, over his fights, uh, especially with the Yoel Romero fight. Uh, he kind of slacked on it with uh, Luke Rockhold, but he needs to stick with his pressure, stick with his body kicks, uh, and just be the Reaper, man. Come for that dude's soul. And uh, my heart wants Robert Whitaker to win, but I also want Paul Costa to win. Mm. But I'm not gonna be at Isaac. I'm gonna make a decision. You know what I'm saying? Robert Bricker is probably gonna come out with the win on this one. Okay. Um, and that's who I got. But if 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 Polo Costa wins, I'm not gonna be mad either. I am because what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I um damn Vic, you sort of took some of my points, man. Um Paulo Costa, one thing he does really well is forward pressure. And we saw a huge display of forward pressure in the Yoel Romero fight, which we'd never seen anybody take pressure to Yoel Romero like that. And even Robert Whitaker. And Robert Whitaker uh, fought Yoel Romero twice. Um, But where I think Robert Whitaker shines is, A, he's more technical than Paulo Costa, right? Long shot. We we all know this. Um, Technical? I think he's more technical, 100% than, than Paulo Costa. Are you kidding me? Okay, continue. And number two, I think Paulo Costa doesn't have the greatest IQ, uh, where, again, that's another thing that Robert Whitaker can also shine um, on is the, his IQ uh, with striking and the way he mixes things up, um, which we saw in the – which I'll go back to um, the Izzy fight, the second Izzy fight. Um, I think that Robert Whitaker made beautiful adjustments in that second Izzy fight and was able to mix in the takedowns really well with his striking. Um, and I think if Paulo Costa doesn't somehow pull out some magical IQ points from his ass, it's going to come back to bite him 
because Robert Whitaker, I feel like, takes advantages of those moments. We saw him put on a master class of mixed martial arts against Marvin Vittori. Like if somebody was, a, if somebody ever wanted to know what a mixed martial art artist um, looked like or a mixed martial arts fight ever looked like, I would definitely, um, at least for a display of Robert Whitaker's abilities, I would point him to that Marvin Vittori fight for sure. I think uh, that was a that was a master class he put up against Marvin Vittori, um, and so. If Paulo Costa is not careful, he could be another victim of that. Where I do think Paulo Costa has advantages is definitely, I think, I I do believe he has power. I do believe he has power. His takedown defense has improved. The Rockhold fight he did slack on. Um, but I do think Paulo Costa is just, he's just game. You know, the forward pressure is, is always going to be there. Um Although he's got his jiu-jitsu black belt, he he's game to strike. He loves doing it. Um, so we'll see what happens with this one. I uh, I will be also joining the neutral club for this one. You must. I, <laughs> I am going to be neutral. Please tell me that's a joke. Uh, pause, pause, pause. Before uh -oh. we continue, uh -huh. please, somebody, get this man <laughs> off the airways. Please. Cheeseburger champion world, of the world. New world going on, bro. You can only be new. You can't do that shit, bro. That's that's hard. three. Yes, I can. God, I just damn, did it. Man. I just did it. Do it for the whole fucking pay per view. You, hey, we'll see. You shouldn't we'll, even be on the podcast. We'll man. we'll see. We'll see if I do it for the next one. <laughs> Who shouldn't be on the podcast? Is that a four eleven nigga telling a six foot nigga not to do something? That's crazy. You're my child. Stop it. You you, you mean six foot around? Come on, man. Six foot continue, around. Until you breaking down the fights, please. Hey, if you if you ain't too careful, late. I'm gonna go over to your place. I'm gonna show you something that's six foot. Anyways, so yeah. I think you couldn't I'm even make be, it to the door. You want to bet? Uh, you couldn't make it through the door. They're Why not? Normal size people. Gonna, what are you gonna stop? You gonna stop? <laughs> normal size people. <laughs> normal size people. Yeah. Nah, hell no. It's that's short. People. It's short people handicap doors. That's all it is, bro. Man, you come here, you'll be beheaded. I'm just saying, I would never let my little brother be taller than me. That's all I'm gonna say about that. You know, a lot of people Yo, have... Oh, all right, yeah, that's, what I, okay, cool, cool. that's, that's not cool. really an insult. You're just reaching for straws at this point, man. Yeah, I, I wouldn't... It's not an insult when they're like 5'2", 5'3", 5'4". You're like 4'11". That's 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 what I'm trying to say. Just for the record, I'm not that short. Boy, I've seen your truck. You got a booster seat in your truck, bro. Stop playing with me, bro. That's for my son, not <laughs> me. Nah, 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 nah. That's cap. <laughs> that's cap. Any, anyways. Anyways, I will... You know what? Just because y'all tease me, bro. Yeah, I'm still going to stay neutral on that fight. So it's going to be a really good fight. We'll see what happens. You see how nobody was surprised and nobody gave you a reaction? Literally nobody reacted yeah. to you. Doesn't matter. Literally. Literally. You, react, you reacted to me when I came home with the milk. You're like, oh, my God, Dad, you're back. That was you. I still have the pictures. I have the text messages of, of it all. So, you, you fucking childish, bro. Stop that shit. Bro, no. I'm talking to my child. I'm not childish. That's, that's two differences, bro. Damn. Get I this thought you man. would be better than your dad, but it seems like you're actually worse. I think you talking about, you talk about, talk about your grandpa? I think I would have been better it's, off if you hadn't came home. That's why. <laughs> hey, you know what, Vic? Just for that, bro, go ahead and kick us off on the main event, man. Main event of the night. Go ahead, Vic. Uh, main event? Main event? All right. All right. This is the fight of the night for real. This is oh, the fight of the night. oh, my God. We got Alexander oh the Great Volkanovsky versus. <laughs> Ilya Taporia. Basically what I consider a mirror match, man. These guys are hip for tat. He's the yin to his yang. His his salt to his pepper. His his 
his beard to his bald head. You know what I mean? <laughs> These guys, uh, they're going to go out swinging. And uh, this we got for Alexander the Great. He's 26 and 3. Uh, he's 5'6, 155 pounds. Walk around weighing 155 pounds. Um, has a 71 inch reach advantage, uh, 36 inch leg reach. Uh, Mr. Teporia is undefeated. His O may have to go, but we'll see. Uh, he's 14 and 0. Uh, he's 5'7. His walk around weighs about 145 pounds. Um, he has a 69 inch reach with a 37 inch leg reach. Uh, those are the t- that's the tell of the tape for this fight. Uh, what y'all got for the breakdown? Well, I guess I'll I'll jump in on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Please, Vic. Oh, you. I I couldn't have said it better myself, man. That was a really good analysis. Yin and Yang, day and night. These guys. This is a mirror match. A hundred percent. This is a mirror match. Um, I think. I think Alex is a phenomenal featherweight champion. He's been a menace at one forty-five, and it's only right that you have somebody who can who can be all around just as great as him in Ilya Taporia, who is just I, another fighter who I think makes really good adjustments on the fly. I think he has really good camps. Uh, for example, there's a guy, you guys probably know him, Ryan Hall, and he does one move, ladies and gentlemen. He does one move, and he spans that move like he's playing fucking Mortal Kombat. He does one fucking move, and nobody's been able to figure it out until Ilya Taporia. Ilitaporia figured it out and he, he was able to finish him and put him away. And I think based off that one alone, I was that's what really, really got me impressed. Um uh well, at least the start of it, I would say. Because that just goes to show that his that his camps are, are really well and whoever he has coaching him in his corner, man, they they do a phenomenal job. And that's why it's just so it's so crazy to think about this fight because how can you prepare for Alexander Volkanovsky, right? And, you, you know, say what you want about the Islam fights, right? First, the first fight that they had where Alex attempted to become double champ, um, a lot of people were saying he, he got robbed in that fight, at least their first fight. Um, I, I personally thought is I scored it for Islam, but not by much. And again, this is one of those fights where had Alex won, I wouldn't have been upset. Um, and so had Alex won, we would be having a whole different kind of discussion right now. I think uh, he'd be defending at 155 at the moment, not 145, but it is what it is. And then he came back and he had a second fight after his defense against a really, really good um, dynamic striker in Yair Rodriguez, and uh, where he ended up winning that one TKO. Uh, and then he made a really, really quick turnaround um, to fight Islam, like on a week's notice, which we can get into that one later. And I obviously, I was, uh, man, I, I don't know. I wasn't really wanting him to take that fight, but he took it. And he didn't make any fucking excuses. He came in there and um, he did his thing and he fucking head kicked KO, you know. Um, so, which was very, very kind of sad to see. I know my wife, um, she was devastated. She said that one hurt to watch, you know. So, uh, I am a little worried about what this turnaround is going to be like because it's only been like three months, three, four months. Um, but I do have confidence in Alexander Volkanovsky to at least make this a very competitive fight against essentially his mirror, his double. Um, so we'll see what happens with that one before I make a prediction. Rich, you want to go ahead and hit it, hit it off, man? 
I'm just going to say this right now. Um, I feel like your prediction is going to be, uh, I think you're going to go neutral <laughs> if I had to take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, man, <clears throat> look, I cannot deny Alexander Volkanovsky's resume. The dude was on a tear, man. I mean, Jose Aldo, Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Korean Zombie, Yair Rodriguez, fucking Chad Mendez, and, you know, Darren Elkins. But, I mean, that's uh, that's more a name value than anything. Um, Ilya Teporia doesn't really have that. You know, uh, the two most noticeable wins that are on his record, or three, I would say, is the Ryan Hall win, Bryce Mitchell, and Josh Emmett. And um, <clears throat> I think on most given nights... This is a win, a competitive fight for Alexander Volkanovsky. And just to kind of piggyback off of everything else that you were saying, I um, I think Alexander has great coaches too, and they're good at adjusting. You know, uh, who's, who's, who's over there with him? Eugene Behrman and, you know, City Kickboxing. You got, you know, he trains with people like Adesanya uh, constantly. Uh, <clears throat> but... One thing that I did want to touch on is that you said hey, no excuses. I don't know, man. I've been feeling like there's been some excuses coming after that second Islam fight. Um, I saw something in the headlines the other day some, uh, talking about how uh, he said he was drinking every day up until that fight. And, you know, there's there's been some other things, too. You know, how he was talking about his mental health and his depression whenever he's not training for a fight. And... Honestly, I think um, <clears throat> I, I think it's too fast of a turnaround from the second Islam fight, man. I mean that that was a clear KO, and that was in Jan uh, October. Excuse me, that was in October, man. And we're in, we're in February. It hasn't even been six months yet. So why he's fighting so soon against an opponent like Ilya? I don't know. Um, most of the time, I'd be picking Alexander Volkanovsky, but with all this stuff looming in the background, you know, with his mental health and coming off a loss and his recovery, I I really don't want to because I, I hate picking against Volk. But I'm going to go with Ilya Taporia, man. I think we're going to see a new champion. And um, Does he get an immediate rematch afterwards if he loses? See, that's the thing. Because depending on how he loses if he does lose um if it happens too quickly no i say give the give him somebody else in the division because if you make Ilya Taporia the champion immediately so many other doors open up within the division you know you can give him a fight with Yair you can make him fight Max you know there's so much out there for him um but if let's say it's very competitive and they go all five rounds and it's controversial, yeah, definitely give Volk um, his immediate rematch because he deserves it. You know, he's been at the top of this division for a good while already. But man, yeah, it sucks to say, but uh, I got to go with Ilya on this one. One of you guys want to take over from here? Uh, for much much of the same points that y'all both made, uh, I can see both ways going. Uh, save my breath and energy. I think the safe bet is always the best bet. I'm gonna go with 
Okanovsky. Uh, he's been battle tested. I know that can come back to bite people in the ass sometimes. But with the way that his style of fighting, with the caliber of fighters that he's fought, and just his mindset towards these things, I feel like he's going to have an edge against Taporia, not only in the experience, well, mainly in, in the experience factor. Uh, and just to piggyback off the mental health thing, man, mental health is very important. Uh, I think I mentioned this with the Sean Strickland fight. Men being mentally there is only is 90% of the battle. Fighting, that's the fun part. Now, this guy rev like loves the build-up to the fight. He loves the training. Uh, he gets depressed when he's out of training. You know, uh, and I can relate to that so much. Like, dude, I'd be itching to go back to fucking jujitsu or doing some striking class. I'd just be itching. And, like, it's like a fucking drug, you know? Um, used responsibly, obviously. But for a guy like Volkanovsky, I think he's going to he's gonna come back strong. Uh Regardless of what happened in his last fight, uh, I think he's gonna get the get the W on this one. Uh, to piggyback off you, Vic, uh, I do think your mental health is important. Um, and like you did say, Rich, he was wrapping his head or you know beating his head over, and you know the, he loves the fight experience. He loves the the camp. He loves the the fight. Everything, you know. Um, so just to hit a couple things before I make my uh, unpredictable decision, <laughs> I do think um, I don't know if you give him another an automatic rematch. You would think so because of how long he's had the belt. You think he'd be entitled to one, honestly. Um, but if Sean O'Malley retains, there's going to be a whole nother conversation. People are going to want to have about him and Ilya because they've already started their beef. Um, so we'll see what that happens with that. Um, just because I think Sean O'Malley is a legitimate draw and a person who dethrones Alexander Volkanovsky could potentially be a big fucking deal. Um, but it, if there is anybody who can bounce back from situations or can hunker down and really just let hands fly or a, a place the correct amount of pressure, I, I do think it's Alexander Volkanovsky. So against my better judgment, I will, uh, for my fight prediction, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Neutral is making a decision. And the no decision is way. no fucking way. The decision, brace yourself. Brace yourself. Oh, my God. It's happening. Brace yourself. I will be going for Alexander Volkanovsky for this. Thank God <laughs> for this for this fight. Um, Not to say Ilya couldn't edge this out. Rich, you make oh, you make really good points. You make really good points about Ilya winning. But I just think that for this one, Volk Volk might be able to just just pull it off and make a statement, you know, and cement himself. Because especially with Ilya's, Ilya's going crazy right now. He's got a movie coming out talking about some road to being champion. He's man, he's going crazy. <laughs> Boy, he's going crazy. <laughs> he's going crazy right now. But I do think Alexander Volkanovsky has what it takes. I think he's got a lot to prove and a lot to hunker down and bounce back uh, from. After this last Islam fight, so yeah, I Mr. Neutral is making a decision, and his decision is Alexander Volkanovsky. I really hope you guys are right. I can't, I, yeah. I can't watch Volk lose like that. It's, you know, that's my boy. I've been a fan ever since I saw him throw down with Mendez. Holy shit! Um, Jeez. 
He's, God, a, he's a dog, man. He's a dog. I just think, personally, I think he's going to come in there a little bit too eager because, you know, of all the stuff that we're talking about, you know, the stuff that's in the background. And he's going to be maybe maybe a bit too overly aggressive, and he's going to make a mistake, and I think he's going to get caught, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he, he could definitely recover, but I think the those moments where he does get caught, I think um, it could cost him a round. And one round, I mean, you've seen how – competitive these fights are i mean we just saw it with drickers duplissy and sean strickland like one round is all it takes you know i i agree with you on that man and we'll we'll see what happens if there is you know if there is instances where alexander volkanovsky would like to overcommit but uh you know we'll see i think he's a fucking cpu downloads information um and he's and he's from force at 145 man so we'll see um well with that speaking of volk that comes to our topic of the day. Is the turnaround too fast for Volkanovsky? Uh, with his loss to Islam Mahashev in Abu Dhabi in October. Um, and if, especially because it was a definitive like knockout. You know, we all saw, saw the head kick. Um, and, you know, and all and all of the you know his mental health um issues that he's had uh, after taking the fight and how it is for him as a fighter and what do we think February is too fast for Volk to come out and fight or are, are we just, you know, are we reaching here? I mean, I, I feel like I kind of touched on it. And yeah, man, I, I think it is too soon for him. Um, Because I think there was a lot more than just being knocked out. I think he, he's, he'd be great at recovering, but it's just the fact that he lost to the same guy twice, you know, so I think it's going to be more like a mental thing combined with needing more time to rest and letting his his brain heal. You know, that's that's my take on it anyway. Where are you at on this, Vic? Uh, I'm kind of on the fence. Uh, not making excuses for the guy, but he did take that fight on short notice. Pulled halfway across the world. Fought a guy he already fought. A dangerous dude. And he lost in an unexpected way. So to me, that's kind of a, a one-off. You know what I mean? Uh, but at the same time, you still got knocked the fuck out. Uh, we've seen you know, countless guys get knocked out and get a quick turnaround. Uh, the biggest one that comes to mind is Michael Bisping. Uh, he got... Who was that? He got beat by George St. Pierre. Choked out. And, Got choked out by George St. Pierre. Then he got hey, he didn't tap out though. He didn't tap though. He did not tap. He pulled a Holly Holmes. Mm. Uh, and then he gets knocked out by Kevin Gaslam. And in that's China, the end of the bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a career. I know. Crazy. And so, you know, you, you see these guys take a bunch of damage. And, you know, it, we don't know if it's too soon until the fight is over. I'm going to say, you know, he's a grown ass man. He can make decisions for himself. So I don't think it's too soon for him. I feel like uh, if your mental's there, the body has to follow. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of this stuff is mind over matter. And if he don't mind, it don't matter. So they're going to get, we're going to see what it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a great fight regardless. Oh, and I didn't really comment on about the, about the, what's it called? The immediate rematch. I think he does get an immediate rematch. Uh, but like you said, Rich, it depends on the type of fashion in which he loses, if he loses. 
Um, he did it for he did it three times for Max Holloway. He fought Max Holloway three times. And if Max didn't deserve those three times, then with the history that Max had, then Volk doesn't deserve it. And I don't think anybody will say that Max didn't deserve it. So Volk has to deserve it. You know what I mean? It's only fair. Right? No, I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, especially after that second Max Holloway fight, you know? Because that was, in my opinion, I felt like Max Holloway did enough to win that fight. Same. And, and that it it is it escaped him, you know, which was that's just one of those fights where I was like, ah, man, it didn't sit right with my soul. And then the third fight just sort of put a pin in it. But Max deserved every single one of those rematches, especially for what he did for the division. Dangerous at 145. And even after he dropped the belt, he's still a menace. It's like if you want to get to that belt, good luck getting past Max Holloway, you know. But whereas in <clears throat> Max Holloway is is second stage boss, you know. Alexander Volkanovsky is the final boss. So I I am all I'm a little stuck on it. I I am in the agreements that we won't know if he if it's if it was too soon until the fight happens. Um just because I do think Volkanovsky is really good at hunkering down and making adjustments that he needs to make. Um I it was a clear knockout, and I know it's always good to take time off after those things. But, you know, Volkanovsky's a grown-ass fucking man. So we'll see what happens with that one, gentlemen. We will We will definitely see what happens. All right, Rich, it's your time to shine, baby boy. What we got for today? Let's go, baby. I want to talk about the GOAT middleweight at this current moment. I want to talk about the people's champ. I want to talk about Sean Strickland. Deshaun Strickland. Oh, yes, sir. Fuck, man, what is up with this guy, man? The past 24 hours, they said he had a face off with Donald Trump. Um, he got he fucking fought that uh streamer Sneeko. Fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> then he gets called out by Bryce Hall, which is, I guess, some other streamer who had one bare knuckle fight. Um, what else did he do? He he did something else, man. It's just this man has been on the tear. Oh. He had that um encounter with um Machine Gun Kelly. Uh called that boy a weirdo. Yeah, he got into it with Logan Paul on social media. No, 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 Jake Paul, excuse me. And I mean, what's what's up with this guy, bro? Like, I'm loving it. I'm I'm here for this shit. I mean, it'd be a lot better if he still had the belt, but um yeah, that um this guy's definitely fun to watch, man. I think uh this is this is more of what we need. You know, this is uh this is what I envisioned when they said that the WWE was gonna be merging with the UFC. Mm. <laughs> this guy. Yeah, this guy you know, is uh definitely <laughs> an entertaining character to say the least. You know what it is? You know what it is? I'll I'll say this, bro, because not too many people were really watching Sean Strickland uh too much. He had been doing shit like this. He's mm-hmm. been he's been doing stuff like this for a while. It's just now he's got eyes on him. It's the same thing I've said before. It's like, uh, you know, with the rise of social media and the rise in the popularity in the UFC, there's a lot more fighters have a lot more eyes on them now, especially because they're they're integrating with social media a lot more. So one of those yeah. things is, 
you know, Sean Strickland fucking off and do whatever the fuck Sean Strickland wants. This is not a new Sean Strickland thing. Yeah, Sean no, no, Strickland's no. always You're right. stuff like that. But he has had a crazy, like, 24 hours, man. It's just, I don't know. It's just the, the fact that he's so, he's so popular now. It's like, I'm telling you, the win over Izzy was just everything for him. If you hadn't, if you hadn't seen him before the Izzy fight, you know, like, you wouldn't know that this is just how he acts 24-7, right? So, like, that, that Izzy fight just propelled his superstardom. You know, now he's popping off in different countries. When he was in Australia, you would have thought he was Australian. When he was in Canada, you would have thought he was fucking Canadian, you know? So I just think it's Sean Strickland just being Sean Strickland with more people watching. The whole Sneeko situation, you know what's crazy? Sneeko said, give me 50%. That's what he told Sean Strickland. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so what I heard was, what I read was, is that he reportedly told Sean Strickland, he's like, yeah, we can, we can go like 50% sparring. And I'm like, come on, bro. I don't even, I don't even go 50% sparring. Like when I'm, when I'm, when I have guys over um, who want to come over and spar and stuff like that, I don't even do 50% sparring because, you know, it's not like they're training for a camp. You know, it's not like I need to go crazy with them. But that's what that's apparently that's what he asked. For. I could be wrong, but if you ask for fifty percent sparring, you're gonna get fifty percent sparring. He fucked Sneeko up, and then Bryce Hall take that dude's head off, bro. He was, and that Bryce Hall nigga. So Bryce Hall was actually a TikToker, and oh, he, he fought he fought that in those celebrity boxing matches where he fought Austin McBroom, and then he before the fight he was talking about some I'm a fighter. I have over a hundred and something street fights. I am a fighter. I do this. I do that. And then he lost. Then he got on the mic and said, I never said I was a fighter. I never did. Like, I don't know. And then he he finally had a match in uh, BKFC, and, and he won. And, and then after the fight, he's just like, I just want to say I've always been a fighter. I've never, I've never claimed not to be a fighter. You know, I was just doing this whole thing. You know, you props, props to Bryce Hall saying, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go in there and spar you because you're not going to do me like that. All right, cool. Let's see. He sounds like y'all, bro. You know, he's like, uh. I'm gonna go neutral on this one. I'm gonna. Then, <laughs> this is also fight of the night. So. This is. Oh my god. <laughs> nah, I, uh, man, I, I don't. I, Sean, Sean Strickland's doing Sean Strickland things, and you know him calling machine, machine gun Kelly a weirdo is just not unexpected. Sean Strickland stands on business, and I feel like if you didn't know he stood on business, you should have watched uh, the last pay per view where he. Uh, Tried to beat the shit out of Drinkus Duplessis in the stands. So, like, it's not like I don't know. I'm just not surprised that fucking Deshaun Strickland got Black Air Force energy, rocking a do rag with a bottle of Henny. I'm just saying, bro. I'm not. So, this is nothing new for me. How you feel? How you feel about all this, Vic? I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't like it. Oh, come on. Why not? Why not? Why not? No, nah, I'm playing. Um, you know, it's all entertainment, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is something that. The UFC desperately needs. He needs more stars, and this is just a star being born. Honestly, uh, one thing that Rich did hit on with about you know the WWE, the WWE and the UFC merging, it brings a new set of eyes on the product of the UFC, and it, it's it only could be for the better. Uh, as a WWE fan, I love the storylines. I love the the action, obviously, but most important is the storylines. I, I need a reason to watch you. Mm-hmm. I mean, why is this guy doing whatever? It's all cool and fine and dandy to be like, oh yeah, I want to be the best. Okay, so does every so does five hundred people on the roster want to be the best? But what sets you apart from 
everybody else. What sets Sean Strickland apart is his realness, his authentic authenticity, uh, the, the fucking unpredictableness. This motherfucker just may kill you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so I think that's something that a lot of guys can learn from the from the WWE as far as developing a a character or even just developing themselves into being more open, being more out there. Uh, but hey, as long as this dude is not doing nothing too illegal, uh, I think it's good for the sport, and, and uh, I'm excited to see where else it goes. Yeah, I think that's reasonable enough, Vic. What you what you got for us today? Topic of the day with Vic. What, what are we doing? Eight. All right. Literally. All right, brother. Bought eight. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. Get this man off the airwaves. Get this man off the airwaves. Did you know you can go out and buy AIDS yourself, ladies and gentlemen? For seventy bucks, you yourself can own. And contract AIDS. Did you know that? What are you? Here's what you do. Uh, I don't know. Where's this going, bro? You go to your wherever you prefer to buy games. Oh my god! GameStop, PlayStation Store, or Xbox Store. You can own AIDS. It is, uh, bro. Suicide Squad. No, no. Oh my god, bro. Oh my god, bro. What are we doing? Suicide Squad. Kill the Justice League. I'm sorry. Oh, so that uh, game is honestly AIDS. Stop it. Just, weird, just on the just, last episode, we were just talking about, yeah, I want to see what this game is all about. I'm still going to buy it. And, you know, it's stop. I haven't AIDS. beat it yet. I haven't beat it yet. I, I had just started it, bro. I played for like an hour and that was it. That was just like the introductory stuff. So. Bro, that, I'm going to start calling you Flip Flop Vic in our intros, bro. You don't stop, bro. Like one day, this is fight of the night. Then, then immediately next same oh, day. This is for same sure. Day. Oh, What's same it? day. Same day. It's. Oh, actually, this is fight of the night. Oh, wait, that that one is actually fight of the bro. What are you? What are we doing, bro? What are we, you just said last last pod episode on the on the shoot the shit episode? You were talking about. Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna get suicide squad kills the justice league. Now you calling it AIDS, bro? Like why? What are we doing? What are we really doing? See, I, I'm under the. Uh, you didn't listen to anything I just said. Go ahead. I bought it. Like I said, I was. I played yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And it's AIDS. It's oh just bad. It's Jesus just bad. Christ. It's bad. I told you. I told both of y'all. I told both of y'all that game was bad. I wasn't going to spend no money on it. Anything I need to see from the game is a YouTube video away. I told you. What What do you not like about the game, Vic? Um, where do I start? You know, Go. there's only one thing that I don't like about it. I think the way they portrayed Batman in this one is not cool. Now, I understand that Kevin Conroy signed off on it. He knew everything that was going on. But at the same time, this the whole concept as the game is not cool. If Even if they wanted them to die, I think he could have went out in a more heroic way, the way that Arkham Batman would have went out. And, you know, just that's just, just, that's just my biggest thing. And, uh, yeah, that's, there's no more, there's no, nothing more else to be said about that. It's AIDS. Jesus. I think death on a bench is crazy. And I've always said death on that bench is crazy. But it is what it is, man. I. It's not like I didn't warn you. It's not like I didn't go off. It's not like I said that uh, this shouldn't have been connected to the Arkham universe. But, you know, don't nobody listen to IO until it's too late. So, you know, but what I did hear is that uh, that the Justice League is not dead. Quote, unquote. Allegedly. 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 According to my research, <laughs> um, yeah, but we'll see, man. Uh, 
hopefully the later content is good. I know some some games like this, games as a service, it, it takes a while for the good stuff to for for the whole story to connect to itself because they still want you to come back and play the game. So they have to leave you on some kind of bullshit cliffhanger. And you know, hopefully it gets better. But you know, just a hope. I, I I doubt it. And since y'all both got the game, I guess y'all can just let me know because I'm just not I just don't care for the game. Add me on Xbox Vic. Huh? Nothing, nothing. I, I, I'll get we. I'll get with you offline, offline, offline. <laughs> I don't have an Xbox, by the way. Oh, okay. I thought it was crossplay. It it is. Yeah, it's supposed oh, to be shit. cross. Supposed to be cross platform. Okay. Okay. Well, with that said, I'm just gonna go ahead and say, it, and I don't know if you guys are familiar. I hope you guys can chime on on this one because I'd really appreciate it. I want to talk about the state of boxing because what the fuck, man? I. No, I'm just playing. Go ahead. <laughs> is that where you pack your bags in? Oh, I saw your luggage. Luggage, Jesus! I was hoping last year was going to be the year to ignite boxing again. So we know we have really good matchups, really good competitors, and then I don't know what's just. I just, I'm just lost. You know, Um, Showtime officially they're done with boxing, Um, and then they tried to move over to HBO. HBO said they don't want nothing to do with it. The zone isn't pulling in numbers like they usually do. And all the people we expect to fight each other um, aren't fighting each other. Um, well, I guess as, a, as of this recording, Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia are slated to fight each other. So that one's good. I won't, I won't talk down on that one. Um, Tank Davis is looking to fight Connor Ben. That one I'm a little iffy about. We'll see what happens. Um, and in the light heavyweight division, you have uh, Arthur Betterbiev versus Bivol uh, for Undisputed, I believe. So those are those are the only three fights I'm like super looking forward to. But if I had to talk about a fight, man, there's a there's a fight that happened recently uh, as last as last week uh, with uh, one of the four kings, uh, which is Diofimo Lopez. Ryan Garcia, uh, Devin Haney, and Gervonta Tank Davis, or Abdul Wahid, whatever name he wants to go with. And Teofimo Lopez, man, uh, he just recently came in to defend uh, at uh, 140, which is where he fights at right now, uh, against Jermaine Ortiz. That fight was, like, really lackluster. And... I I just don't know because I've seen I've seen a lot of fights like that right now and I think boxing is suffering so much because it doesn't have the old school mentality and the old school mentality is the best fight the best and it's just disappointing because we don't get those those fights anymore you know it's not a at least the older generation of boxing it was always a matter of when the the best of the best would fight each other not a matter of if and I feel like in this generation of boxing, we're getting a lot more ifs than we are wins, you know? And that's, I don't know, it kind of rubs me the wrong way with boxing, you know? Um, for example, the fight I want really bad is Canelo Alvarez versus David Benavides. I think, you know, we have to make that fight. I think it's a great fight, old school generation, or not old school generation. I want to talk, I won't talk bad on Canelo like that, but like an like an older generation of boxing, like a seasoned veteran. But, you know, uh, for some people, he's the face of boxing against uh, a fighter like David Benavides. 
who is up and coming, who is a force, who is an offensive boxing monster. You know, the like Mike Tyson called it the Mexican monster. You know what I'm saying? Like he changed his name because Mike Tyson, you know, chimed that in and and it it's well deserved, you know. And David Benavides is a fucking monster, but we just we don't know if that fight's gonna happen. We don't know if a lot of fights are gonna happen. And I'm gonna say something very unpopular that maybe you guys can sort of chime in on because boxing was slowly dying. I hate to say that. I hope it I hope it revives really soon. But these influencer boxing matches, that's why people kept tuning into these influencer boxing matches because nobody, like nobody, if I'm being honest, my friends who watch boxing, they hate influencer boxing or they'll hate Jake Paul or they hate Logan Paul or whoever. So they'll tune into these fights just to see this person lose, you know? <laughs> They're both trash. Is that what you said? They're both trash? <laughs> no, I didn't say anything. Continue. Oh, okay. And I just, I, I'm just saddened by this because like, that was getting more and more people interested in boxing than the actual boxing matches, which is the influencer boxing shit, which I'm not a super big fan on, but I cannot deny for the short, short amount of period that it had, that it was, it was creating like huge popularity amongst like younger people to get them more into to, to boxing and stuff like that. And so that's, it's just sad that it took influencer boxing to get a lot more people tuning into different boxing matches than actual boxing, you know? Um, so I'm just, I'm kind of bummed out by the state of boxing. I'm hoping for really good fights and it just sucks. And that's why it's in comparison to like mixed martial arts. We don't have to hope, you know, like we know we're going to get really good matchups, especially in the UFC, the best always fight the best. And we don't always get that in boxing. So I just want to say I'm, I'm a little saddened by the state of boxing. If any of y'all want to tune into that. Let me um, ask Okay. Oh, go ahead, Rich. Go ahead. Rich. Mm. Who do you got between Lomachenko and Cambosos? Me? Yeah. That one. All right, man. That one's that one's really interesting for me. I think Cambosos has. Oh, not Cambosos. Sorry. I think Lomachenko. I'm a big Lomachenko fan. I think Lomachenko has really good angle work. He's fast for his age. Really, really good IQ. Really good. And I am uh, amongst probably. I don't want to say a minority, a majority, because I don't know for sure, for certain. But I do think Lomachenko probably should have won that fight against Devin Haney. Um, I've rewatched it several times, and it's like, ah, it's it's close. But I think I do think that Vasily Lomachenko should have won the fight. Um, I will say that, although I do like Devin Haney, and a lot, I know a lot of people don't like Devin Haney. So I. I, I really like Vasily Lomachenko. Like I said, really good speed for his age, really good angle work. I think he has a phenomenal IQ. Uh, things I don't like about Lomachenko is the slow start, especially yeah. the, the the biggest slow start that got on my nerves was the Teofimo Lopez slow start, mm-hmm. where he gave up. He usually gives up like one or two rounds, right? He gave up like three, almost four rounds in that fight. Yes. I'm like, bro, what, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we actually doing? Um, so that's one thing I don't like about Vasily. Uh, Lomachenko is slow starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his age recently has been showing a bit, but not too much. Um, so I do like Vasily Lomachenko. As far as George Cambosos go, he's sort of the opposite, right? Really good start. Uh, just his last fight against Devin Haney came out the gate. Those first four rounds, super aggressive, moving really quick, constantly switching his stances from orthodox to southpaw. Um, really good. I just, I think he. 
after taking no, I won't even I won't even say that. I think his his tank isn't there. I think he has a, a I think he has a bit of a tank issue, especially in the later gas tank issue. Sorry, um, I think he has a bit of a gas tank issue sometimes, um, and I think he I don't want to say he telegraphs a little bit, but he kind of does telegraph some of his punches and stuff, and it makes it easy to disrupt his rhythm, which is what Devin Haney did with the clinch work. Uh, which is what I like about Devin Haney is his ability to disrupt a rhythm. And so he's disruptable enough. And I think he fights too stationary slash flat-footed. Um, I do like when he switches switches stance, though, and when he's highly aggressive and stuff, it just the output doesn't last past six, seven rounds. Um, but I do think Cambosis is really good. I think he's a, I think he's a hard puncher, too. Um, which I think he has a little bit of power over Vasily Lomachenko. I'll say it. I, I might sound wonky for, for saying that, but look how many times he dropped uh, Theofimo Lopez, you know? Um, so I, I am excited for that fight. We'll see what happens, man. I, I, I still don't know. Yeah, I, I have. I usually, when it comes to boxing, I'm a lot less neutral, right? But this one, I just don't have a pick yet. I, I think it's easy to say Vasily Lomachenko just because of how fantastic he is. But George Cambosis, man, he can he can sure pull some shit out of thin air. So I'm still I'm still waiting to see on that one. Hmm. <clears throat> All right. Quick little prediction on Fury versus Usyk. Ooh. Um. Where I'm at right now. Yeah. Usyk. <laughs> I, can't be- I can't believe I'm saying that, but Usyk right now, that's yeah, where I'm no, at. I feel that way too, and it has a lot to do with that Francis and Gun fight. Yeah, man, Jesus Christ. And I like Tyson Fury, man. I like Tyson Fury a lot, but God damn, man. Francis and Gun. You know, it's crazy. And a lot of people who like and do boxing analyzation, like the analysts for boxing and stuff like that, they had no, like, for example, right? One of my favorite, like, YouTube boxing analysts, right? And I like him, and he's, he's, blowing up more and more so he's getting shit from fighters now which is cool right because he tries to be as unbiased as he can uh his name is showbiz the adult if y'all don't check him out if y'all don't know him i highly recommend him. if y'all want to get into boxing check out showbiz the adult really good um so he he said something and that's how i knew he didn't watch mma as much when he's just like maybe francis Ngannou doesn't have power like that maybe tyson fury was just unprepared and that's why he got dropped Maybe mm. maybe Francis isn't that hard of a puncher. And I'm like, oh, my. Like, you don't watch enough Francis fights, my boy. Get that man off the airwaves. <laughs> get that. Hit him, hit him with it, Vic. Tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him, get that man out the airwaves. But let him know. No. Damn, ah. that's crazy. But I don't know. I just think uh, he's so he definitely underplayed Francis and Ganu's power. But I do like him. I still think he's a great when it comes to just boxing. 100% when it comes to crossover stuff, eh, he's really he's hit or miss. So I think if because in my mind, and I'm just keeping a buck, I don't think anybody thought Tyson Fury was gonna was gonna get dropped or or r- lose any rounds or anything like that. Everybody expected Francis to just get his shit rocked. Yeah, uh, from a technical standpoint. And then it surprised everybody when Nganu legitimately landed a knockdown. It surprised a lot of people. I was just like, damn, because in my mind, right. Where does Francis operate well? He operates well in mid-range and close range, right? Those are Francis's bread and butter, in my opinion, right? Tyson Fury is good in long range, right? So in my mind, this is how I thought the fight was going to go. He's going to keep him at he's going to keep him at range with a jab. If he comes in, he's going to hit him with a combo, angle out, or move, show some head work, 
some some footwork, move out the way, something, right? And instead, he played the game. He played the game. And the game was, if you're in mid-range or you're close range, I'm going to tee your shit off. And that's exactly what happened, right? So I just didn't expect it. And then when Francis lost, again, I felt like Francis should have won the fight. But that's even the fact that I'm saying that an MMA fighter should have beat a boxer in a fight and it was controversial just just should just should show that a Francis has legitimate power, especially because he landed a knockdown and B boxing is in trouble. You're failing boxing by allowing that to happen. Um, so that's that's where I stand on that. So as of right now, because of how he looked in the in the in the Francis and Ganu fight, I'm going to say Usyk, man, because Usyk is a tactical general even when he took off time to go fight in ukraine and then come back and he was rusty he still put on a master class against anthony joshua you know so we'll we'll see what happens on that what about what about y'all man how do y'all feel about it i'm sorry say that one more time how do y'all feel about the state of boxing uh i'm gonna probably get a lot of flack for this but i've been saying it for years man i just feel like um you know, boxing was one of my first loves. I used to <clears throat> watch as much as I could, uh, especially, you know, back then in the days of the Pacquiao's and the Mayweather's and, you know, <clears throat> but I feel like I have a lot to um, agree with, with you saying that, um, that, fuck, I'm having a brain fart, excuse me, but Pretty much how you were talking about how the best are not fighting the best. And I think that has a lot to do with it. And I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, well, it, it, part, part of it is too, is, is fear, man. Because uh, in, in boxing, it's much more important to have a zero or whatever next to your name than it is in, in mixed martial arts. You know, like MMA fans, they will forgive you. They're like, oh yeah, he has a loss, but it was a really good fight. Or, you know, anything could happen in that sport. And mm -hmm. You know, with boxing, it's, it's such a huge deal for somebody to have a loss or a draw or something on their record, you know? Yeah. And I've been – I've had this thought for years, but I just feel like the – it's a dying sport. It's been slowly dying, and they just need something to revitalize it and rejuvenate it. And I think those celebrity boxing fights did bring um, some attention to it. But, mm -hmm. you know, you still have plenty of names and a lot of star power in there. It's just what are they going to choose to do with it? is what matters you know because mm -hmm. it seems like or at least the excuse that some of these fighters make is that oh the numbers don't look right that's why i didn't accept this fight so it's like okay i mean you guys make a ridiculous amount of money so that shouldn't i don't know man i got mixed thoughts on that <clears throat> yeah no i i agree with you bro like unfortunately it's called the mayweather effect where it's just like if you don't have an o like you're trash uh, so I just, uh, I, I feel you, man. That's, it's always, it's always something with the boxers. Uh, and it just makes it not, you know, makes it for a lackluster sport sometimes. How do you feel about this, Vic? Do you even still actively watch boxing, Vic? I have never, oh, ever shit. sat down to watch a fucking boxing match in my fucking life. Dios mio. Jesus. I, I take that back. I take that back. Mm -hmm. I've seen. A lot. I've seen a few Mike Tyson fights, and I've seen a bunch of the Muhammad Ali fights. But mm. 
just a rewind. I'm gonna need you. I'm gonna press one for English. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand jack shit of what y'all just said. Oh, damn, crazy. And I was writing down some points of uh, of somebody who doesn't watch boxing mm-hmm. of why I will not watch boxing. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead, come on. And uh, here's my thing, man. Mm-hmm. Come here. Oh snap! Take 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 the mic with you. Take, yeah, take the take the mic with you. <laughs> oh my God, is that a binder? No, that's that's not a binder. It's another B word. It's a baby. Damn it, <laughs> Look, man. Mm-hmm. Basically, I got a few points. Okay. It's watered down. Go ahead. No, no, no. The, that's one of my points. The sport oh, is watered okay. down. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's boring. Mm. Oh. Uh, the one. No, wait. Let me finish. Oh, let, one, let, dimensional, let one dimensional aspect of the of the mm-hmm. fight. Why are these people fighting each other? Too complicated to follow. Oh man. You got so many different champions, so many different organizations. Who are these guys? Why does this dude have so many belts? Why does this guy have no belts but is still considered the great? What does that mean? Uh, few stars, as in, it's top heavy. Why do I have any interest of watching any guys on the undercard at all? Why? Why? Tell me why. Mm-hmm. Okay. The number of rounds. I'm sitting here for 36 minutes. Seeing a guy deflect punches with his shoulders for what? Why? What is the reason for this? Okay. What is it? What is a reason new fans would want to watch? Mm. What reason other than, oh, it's boxing, it's the greatest sport ever? What are they doing to attract new fans? Okay. For an example, WWE and UFC just merged. Mm-hmm. You have crossover from WWE. And you have, I guess what I'm trying to say is brand recognition. Boxing doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. I don't think. And this is from a guy who doesn't watch boxing. You guys can tell me. But it's biased because y'all watch the shits, obviously. So I don't know. <laughs> and the stagedness aspect of the sport. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest one. You're telling me two fucking internet goose can go and box and make a bunch of money? Yep. That that's that, that's I, what you're telling me. Yep. You're telling me a guy from the UFC can beat the heavyweight champion of the world and lose the fight. That's what you're telling me. Yep. You're telling me all these things, but I should watch boxing. It shouldn't die, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. That's like that, look. That's like saying, you know, I I I just thought of this. Mm-hmm. Boxing is like the religion of Christianity. Okay. Oh, uh-oh. Let me uh-oh. let me finish. Let me finish. It's not, as, it's not as it's not as controversial as you think. Tra- tra- there's so tra- many there's so many different denominations. I don't know what the fuck to believe. I don't know what to think. Mm. For all the reasons I just listed, and for many more. Mm. Like, who am I going to get invested in? If I get invested into some undercard guy, there's no telling when I'm going to see this dude again. He has no name. And the only people with names are at the top and don't want to fight each other. Facts. Yep. So what why why am I investing my time into something that I 
probably don't have any interest in and continue to watch something that like it's not going to pay off for me at the end mm-hmm. at least with the ufc or with things like or wwe you can call it fake or all you want to but they're giving you people to believe in and people you can see rise up and uh, and yeah. the thing is everybody's getting paid like shit so what's the deal <laughs> what's the deal they so they have a reason to fucking be good or whatever here get mm-hmm. over there man uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's featuring Vic Jr. Now I uh to to that I say Vic Vic has a lot of lot of good points on that. I think all all three of us just showed like the the positives, the pros and the cons of watching boxing. I think people like me and Rich who watched um boxing since we were younger, I feel like it's easier for us to be boxing fans. And I think it's just not I hate to say this, but I feel like boxing is just not the wave anymore. Um, they make so much money just for the best to not fight the best. Um, you know, and I guess it has to make sense to them. You know, I'm not here to, to, you know, speak on any of that, but I think that's, that's all of Vic's frustrations are valid. Um, some of them I disagree with, like, I don't care that it's 12 rounds, 36 minutes of mad, like that doesn't bother me, but it is very top heavy. And that's what we don't get in the UFC. In the UFC, we just talked about four different fights that were really super, super interested, and they're all on the on the main card. Minus the main event, unless you watch boxing uh avidly as a fan, you don't really you don't really get those um those those superstars, I guess, those those people we want to gravitate towards. And Vic is also right. That you know, there can be a guy who fights on the undercard forever in boxing, where that can change in the in three pay per view amounts, you know. So I do think that if if not treated well, if not reshuffled and reorganized, boxing could could slowly die out as the second greatest combat sport in comparison to like mixed martial arts, which, you know, it, it'll take a while for that to happen because, you know, mixed martial arts is fairly new in comparison to boxing. Boxing has been around for over a hundred years, a little over a hundred years. So, you know, it's not like it's going to completely get knocked off, but it's like, it's just not the big sport anymore. You know, it is, it is sort of one dimensional for, for casual fans. All right. Right. But for me and rich who are not that casual, for me and Rich, who are not that casual, uh-huh. uh-huh. and we we both enjoy the sweet science of boxing because there's different avenues to 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 boxing. There's different styles, different sorts of sorts of uh, sorts of strikes, and everything like that. So it's not just as it's not as one dimensional as people see. But you know, like people love street fights, and the closest thing to the purest form of fighting, or closest thing to a street fight, would be mixed martial arts. And the only thing that puts people off of mixed martial arts is is wrestling. And even then, I, I promise you, it's just not as bad as you think it is. Quickly, before before Vicious Vic returns, <clears throat> give me your thoughts on um on Deontay Wilder <clears throat> rededicating himself after his defeat from the hands of Parker. Man, I okay. So I am a Deontay Wilder fan, no through and through. I like Deontay Wilder. I'm sorry, don't don't do that. He's one of the greatest knockouts. 
he's one of the greatest knockout artists in, in the in the heavyweight division, like of all time. There's there's only two people he's never knocked out in his fighting career. Joseph Parker and Tyson Fury. So I mean, like, what are we really saying? Like he's got crazy, like somebody who's who's knocked out. It's like now it's a, it's unheard of. Now it's unheard of. You don't get too many boxers like that. And Deontay Wilder is a special artist. He's going to go down in history as one of the greatest knockout artists of all time. I feel like, and let's not forget that the man was a, was, was, is a legitimate, was a legitimate champion and held that belt. So I just think the Tyson Fury fights just kind of, they did something to him, man. And it's, it, it bummed me out. But at the same time, like I, I'm st- I'm still Deontay. Like if Deontay said today, if Deontay Wilder said, you know, I think I've done everything I can with the sport and I'm ready to exit. I I I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be upset. Am I would I be bummed if because we didn't get the Anthony Joshua fight or the Joseph Parker rematch? Yeah. But I mean, in terms of like one dimensional strike, like Teddy Atlas, who is one of the greatest boxing minds uh to ever exist i'll I'll boldly say it boxing minds very specifically said boxing mind right good boxing analyst he said that deontay wilder possesses something called the great eraser now here's what the great eraser is right he could be shit deontay wilder could lose for 11 rounds out of 12 for boxing right and that 12th round he'll knock a nigga out with the right hand of god and then erases all his mistakes because he ends up winning. I the feel fight. like, honestly, that's um one thing that carried a lot of his career. That's a <clears throat> that's just my opinion, but I'm not the biggest Deontay Wilder fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and mostly because of that, he was just terrible, terrible technique. But he mm-hmm. had power. I, I got to yep. give him that. You know? And it's um, it's God given. That's the crazy part. You know what I'm saying? That's some God-given power he has. That man is, whoo, that right. It's a, when I say it's a right hand of God, bro, it's a, it's a right hand of God. Like, God himself came down and said, hey, man, let me see your hand real quick. Put his hands over. It's like, boom, yeah, all right, we good now. So, you know, it's, it's stylistically, he's just not that good. He's just not. Like, he's uh, he's really not. The technique is super lacking, right? But we mm-hmm. know what's coming, and he knows what's coming, and everybody knows the game plan, and he still manages to pull it off anyways. Which I think is fantastic, and he's st- on top of that. He started boxing at the age of 20. 20, and he became a world champion. One of the most knockouts. He's literally like I just to put. He's it's stop it, stop it. Don't <laughs> don't you boxing, do that. Quote unquote started but boxing. He's I mean he's a he's a bronze medal Olymp- uh, Olympian. So I mean there's got to be some merit to to his abilities, which you know uh, unfortunately uh, boxing for for boxing in the Olympics for Americans isn't held to the same standard as it used to be. It used to be a phenomenal thing. And now nobody really holds, holds it to any high esteem anymore. But you know, the man came out with a, with a bronze, you know what I'm saying? Bronze bomber. So I think that, you know, if he decided to retire today, I wouldn't be upset with it. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, Thoughts on Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia. Fight that should have happened two years ago. Super excited it's happening now. Better late than never. Get them while they're still young. Um, Ryan Garcia has shown he's shown some improvement fighting and coaching and being coached under Derek James. Derek James, ladies and gentlemen, is the same ho- uh, same head coach for Earl Spence. Uh, shout out D Town. Shout out DeSoto. Good old Texas boys. Yeehaw. But <laughs> yeah, so I. Um, 
Yeah, man. I think Ryan Garcia has shown some improvement, better footwork. And I just don't know if it's going to be enough for Devin Haney, um, who's very good at disrupting rhythm uh, and makes really good adjustments in rounds. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. They fought each other in the amateurs. I think they're even in the amateurs. So they fought each other six times. Ryan Garcia's got three victories over him, and Devin Haney's got three victories victories over Ryan Garcia. So um, this is the big tiebreaker, the pro tiebreaker, I guess, which, uh, you know, I'm excited to see. We'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, you know, God, God willing, let both of these guys go in um, no injuries or anything like that. I think we should be should, – we should expect to see something cool. You know, I know a lot of people aren't high on Devin Haney. A lot of people don't appreciate Devin Haney or like Devin Haney style. You know, it is what it is. And I know that Ryan Garcia brings a lot of eyes to the sport. Um, I think his – his matchup with uh, Tank Davis was a testament to that, but uh, you know we saw how that fight went. <laughs> but you know we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. I'm I'm excited for it. I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to watch it. Hmm. Hmm. Well, one one more thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. No, you're running out of time. But I really wanted to bring this one up too. It's related yeah. to boxing and it's related to the mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Tyson just recently got announced to be fighting Mark Hunt. In a boxing match. Word? Yes. Oh yes. my God, bro. Yeah. Oh man. What's wow. Okay. Now I gotta damn. It's just gonna be an age factor at this point. Cause we saw which is we saw what Mike did versus uh you know Roy Jones. So Apparently we- it's it's a rumor and Mike Tyson's team shut it down, but man, I saw that buzzing on the internet the other day, but Bro, if that was real, bro, take my money. I know I'm not supposed to be pushing these old, older, older legacy fighters and stuff like that. But, bro, listen, man, Mike Tyson made me believe in that Roy Jones fight. He made me and I can't believe they made it a tie, bro. I felt like Mike Tyson clearly, beat, clearly beat Roy Jones. And then he tried to make Roy Jones feel better. What about me? You know what I'm saying? What up? I'm, I'm hurting. My body hurts. I'm like, <laughs> all right, all right, Mike. Let's come You're on. Ugly, bro. I, you know, I'm just saying. I know I'm a monster, but you know, I'm a monster. Like, I'm a monster, you know. But final, right? <laughs> final. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I felt like Mike Tyson won that. So I'm here for it. I remember uh, Mike Tyson. They talked about like uh, when he was in his fight camp for the Roy Jones. Do you hear the shit he said, bro? Like, bro, uh-huh. he's prof- he's prophetic, bro. The motherfucker said like, I, I feel like the gods of war. Have re-sparked the the you know the fighter within me, and I'm prepared to to go to war. And I'm like, oh my god, bro! Any motherfucker said he heard the gods of war, bro. Like that is if you're listen, bro. Lisp or no lisp, I'm running away if I hear some shit like that. Both like I I I was asleep and I heard the gods of war, and they they spun the horns, and you know I was prepared to die to me. Bro, is calling to me. Nah, hell no, nah, bro. I'm out of there, bro. Mike Tyson's <laughs> nah, bro. He's even you know what's crazy, ladies and gentlemen. It's on my bucket list to get punched by Mike Tyson. I know I shouldn't say that, but this it, it is, bro. It is. I big Mike Tyson. He's fan, still his tiger. Still he's still my tiger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, we'll we'll shit, we'll see what happens with that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna call it a night. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Uh, this might be a little long one, but we're really excited about the card. Um, 299 is going to be a banger. So we'll see you guys in the Aftermath podcast, man. This is Io the Great. 
and Big Rich. We're signing out of here, man. And uh, I know Vic had a t- <laughs> he had to take off a little early, but uh, in honor of his send-offs, I will uh, leave us with this. You ready? You ready? You ready? Ready. Ready. Wizards. What? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think that's what he says. Uh, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Stop. <laughs>